0: This is our first uh, Perkeavos shear. and I thought if we are doing a shear on Perkeavos, it made sense to start with something that was very foundational and something that relates to this new world, so to speak, that we uh, find ourselves hopefully very temporarily confronting. The world, as we always knew it, obviously has been recently turned upside down. And therefore this is a good and I think, necessary opportunity. To review what the uh, chazal and the uh, hashkafa, so to speak, of the Torah presents as the foundations of the world, and for this I'm referring to the very famous mishnah in the beginning of the second parak of uh, per, Excuse me, in the, the second mishnah, the very in the first parak of parakayavos. Shimon Hatsadik Hayim Yishiyare Knesset HaGidola. Shimon Hatsadik was from the remnant. I guess they uh, typically translate this of the Knesset Hagadola. The Rambam and the Me'iri and others say that means he was one of the last members of the Knessus, Anche Knesset Agadola. and the Bartanura here actually on this mission says he was the very last member of the uh, Anche Knesset Agadola. He was literally the last surviving member of the Anche Knesset Agadola, according to the Bartanura. Either way, it struck me that this language, this lashon, and whether it means he was one of the last or he was literally the last, but either way, it struck me, I haven't seen anyone point this out, but it just struck me, and perhaps I'm more sensitive to it because of the situation we find ourselves in, but it struck me that either way, by introducing the Mishnah this way, what the chazal are telling us is that this was the end of an era. This was the end of a world, so to speak, the world with the Na'ashik Nesas and all the authority, inspiration, and access to al Baruch Hu that the and Nesas represented this was the end of an era, he was Zagadola, a world that they had been used to had ended and a new world was beginning and therefore it's not surprising it seems to me that Shimon HaTzadik felt the need to go back to basics as we leave one world that we're used to and we're entering in in their perspective in their time a brave new world the world without Anjak Knesset Zagadola. it made sense to review and go back to basics and in a somewhat parallel way Again, hopefully our uh, departure from our usual and typical world is only temporary. But nevertheless, if we've, at least temporarily, in a very harsh and painful way, taken leave of the world that we used to know and we're in this temporary state, So I think also, as Shimon Hasadik was teaching in his time, we need to go back to foundations. And what are those foundations? So this is the very famous Mishnah, Hu Omer. And again, as uh, we know from anyone who's ever studied Prakhi Avos, that's a very common expression in the Mesechet of Avos, Hu Haya Omer, and Chazal, I mentioned here, the Mepharshim actually, on this Mishnah point out, the Bar says, Hu Haya Omer, means it was, Margalah de rav." this was something that he frequently said, he didn't just say it once, and let it go, every rabbi has, you know, the very Torah that they give once, and then there's that pet, the Torah, everybody in every shul, and every Talmud, and every She'er knows, that when the rabbi starts a certain Torah or a certain story, everyone kind of, uh, hopefully doesn't roll their eyes, but they might sometimes be tempted to, oh, that's that Torah. that's that story, the rabbi or the rebbe always likes to say it. So again, hopefully people realize that when that happens, it's because there's something particularly important uh, and meaningful about that. So in Turkey Avos, whenever it says, Huhaya Omer, it means this is not something that he just said once, but something that he regularly said. So what did what uh, Shimonat Sadik regularly say? Al Dvaram the world stands on three things: al Torah, al haAvoda, ba'al haChasadim. Three things that uh, the Torah stands on: three foundational principles: Torah, Avoda, and Gemilos Chasadim. So before we get into the specifics, and we will in Miritz address all three of them specifically, but before we get into the specifics, there's a major machlokas which I think colors the entire Mishnah. And really, I think, speaks to us, even in the tension that we find ourselves now, a major machuelkis and how to interpret the introductory phrase. That these are the three things that the olam is omade on, that the world is standing on. What does that mean to say that the world is standing on these three things? Some mafarshim interpret this to refer to the original decision to create the world. Why did God create the world? For the purpose of these three things. This is what legitimated the original decision of Ma On the other hand, our other mafarsham who say, no, it's not necessarily referring to that, or at least not only referring to that, but rather it's referring to the ongoing uh, existence and the continued existence of the world. These are the necessary ingredients, not why the world was created. Maybe that's true, but it's also, if not more important, that these are the things which need to continue in order for the world to continue to be in existence. This is kind of, if you will, to borrow a, a Gemara term, this would be a Hakira that you really see in the language of this Mishnah, in the Mepharshim. How do you understand these are the three things that the Olam is omade on? Is it that this was what was inspired or allowed the initial creation? Or is this what keeps the creation going in an ongoing way? So the Bartanura tanura here on a Mishnah says, Lo Nivra Ela Bishvil. This is the Telos. This is the purpose of creation this is why Hashem created the world to begin with that does not necessarily mean that that's why the world continues to be sustained maybe yes maybe no but that's not the focus the focus is that this is why Hashem created the world to begin with in fact the Medrash Shmuel which is a very important commentary on Perkei Avos, kind of like a Shittimukubetet on Perkei Avos. my Rabbi Rev. Rosenzweig whenever he speaks about Perkei Avos, always loves to quote from the Medrash Shmuel so there, if you take a look in the Medrash Shmuel, he was a contemporary, more or less, of Rav Yosef Karo from Tzfat. So there, he actually quotes a girsa. He has a version of the Mishnah, which is not the one we have published, but his version of the Mishnah says that Shimon HaTzadik said, For these three things, the world was Nivra, was created. And of course, that girsa, if you have that girsa, works beautifully with what the Bartanura said, that these are three things that, legitimated and gave purpose to the original act of creation. So that's one perspective. On the other hand, the Rambam in the parish Mishnah is here, and Rebbeinu Yonah and others say that the focus here is not so much on why Hashem originally created the world, but rather on what will keep the world going, the ongoing upkeep, the Sibas Amidaso, the reason for the world to be maintained and continue being sustained is because of the ongoing practice and observance of these three things interestingly relating to this question to this hakira of how to understand the opening phrase of our mishnah benayona asks a very famous question how do we reconcile this mishnah here in perak aleph mishnah Bet with the mishnah also pretty well known not as famous but also pretty well known later in the same peric in perak aleph and in most collections of the mishnayos mishnah yudches where there we are taught that the world stands on Three things, but not the same three things that we learned about in our Mishnah, but rather three different things, din, MS, and shalom. How do you understand and how do you reconcile the two Mishnayos? Why does the Mishnah in, later on in the parak in Mishnah Yilches, not, EA e, repeat the whole idea of three things that the world is omitted on, but more problematic is why does it give three different answers? It seems to be a machloket in the Mishnayos, and the way some of our Shemass, that, if I remember correctly, I think those are Shimon ben Gamliel, if I'm not mistaken. Whoever it was, it's a much later generation than Shimon HaTadik. Whatever gave them the right to argue on perak Aleph, Mishnabet. We know that the whole uh, series of Mishnayos, especially in the first perak of Avos, are different generations of leaders. So the later you get into Perak, the later you ha- are historically. So what's going on? How do you reconcile these two Mishnayos? So in... Sp- in keeping with, or similar to, in parallel with the conversation we just had and the Hakir we just discussed, Sir Rabbi Yona explains that our Mishnah Perak Aleph Mishnah Bet is talking about the reason for creation. The original justification for creation was these three things: Torah, Avoda, and Gimel Es and that's why the world was created. Once the world has already been created, then later in the Perak Mishnah Yudches. The Mishnah continues and tells us that there are three ways that a society needs on a very practical level. A society cannot function. A society cannot remain in any functioning state unless it has din, ms, and shalom, a basic judicial system, a certain amount of honesty, but, and also a certain level of peace. Again, we're not going into the mafarshim what exactly all those three mean today, but that's how he reconciles the Mishnah. And in order to reconcile the Mishnah, Rabbein Yonah is basically addressing our question, and Rabbein Yonah is clearly coming down on the side that we already saw the first approach, that of the Bartanura and the shmuel that our Mishnah is talking about, what are the things that are necessary in order for the world to have been initially created. Of course, that begs the question, then, that raises the question, if you take the approach of the Rambam, and we mentioned the Meiri as well, who says that even our Mishnah and Parak Aleph Mishnah Bet, is also talking about the ongoing upkeep of the world, not just the original justification of the creation of the world, but the original upkeep of the world, if you think that that's what our Mishnah is talking about, then that really begs the question, what's the purpose of Mishnah Yudchet, and how do you understand how Mishnah Yudchet relates to our Mishnah? Rabbi Yone's answer is not available to you, if you think that even our Mishnah is talking about the ongoing upkeep of the world so there are actually numerous numerous answers to this question but I'll just mention one so that we can then transition into the body of the Mishnah and the three things and if you take a look the Beis Yosef of Yosef Karo in his opening comments to Choshen Mishpat Choshen Mishpat Simen Aleph which is about Hilchos Dayonim and Hilchos Sanhedrin so right in the beginning of Simen Aleph there in Choshen Mishpat the Beis Yosef addresses this question how do you reconcile the two Mishnahs and the Beis Yosef explains that the distinction between the two Mishnahs is are we describing a world with a base amidah or a world without a base amidah? Our mishnah, as keyed in by the fact that it mentions avoda the carbonos, our mishnah says the beis yosef is talking about a world with carbonos. In the time of a base amidah, says the beis yosef, not only is avoda possible, is carbonos possible, but says the beis yosef, even Torah and even gemilas chasadim are on a completely different level when there's a base amidah. On the other hand, says the base Yosef, once we no longer have a Beis HaMikdash, then the level of Torah that we can have, the level of Gemilas Chasadim that we can have, and certainly no Karbonos, that wouldn't be enough to sustain the world. Rather, he says, the Parekh Aleph Mishni Chet later in the Parekh, comes to tell us that even when you don't have a Beis HaMikdash and you can't learn Torah on the highest level, you can't do Chesed on the highest level, and you can't obviously have Karbonos, even in that new kind of brave new world if you will we still have a way to keep the world going and that is through Din MF and Shalom so that's another way to reconcile but let's just uh, kind of zoom out for a second uh, to see where we are all we've seen so far until now is we understand who Shimon HaTadik is why he felt the need given his historical position to kind of go back to basics and talk about foundational principles and we saw that there's a machlokas whether our Mishnah is talking about why God originally created the world What's the justification, what was necessary to create the world? Or is it talking about that perhaps, but certainly a focus on the ongoing sustaining of the world, that we need an ongoing fulfillment of these three things to continue sustaining the world. With that background in mind, let's briefly, uh, for the second half of today's year, let's take a look at the three things specifically, and see how the different mafarshim understand each of these. So again, Hashem HaTzadik told us the world stands on three things, and the first thing he says is, al haTorah. So here, in light of the background that we've now established, you won't be surprised that there's a machlokas in the mafarshim had to understand al haTorah. The Bar Tanura, Lishitaso, Rabenu Yonah, other mafarshim explain, Midr Shmuel, also Lishitaso, all explain that when it says al haTorah, it's referring to the historical event of Maimon Har Sinai. If there would not have been a Maimon Har Sinai, then the, Torah, the world never would have been created. But the focus is on what justified the creation of the world. And the answer, one-third of that answer is the initial and that one-time moment, that singular historical experience of the revelation and the giving of the Torah at Harsinai to the Jewish people there at the base of the mountain. In support of this, they quote the Gemara Masef the Shabbos, which very vividly uh, and amazingly describes, obviously uh, metaphorically, but says, hisna and my God, as it were, made a condition, a t'nai, a binding condition with the act of creation. Again, hard to take that literally, because my sub is not an independent actor, independent of Hashem. But nevertheless, in the vivid language of the Gemara, t'nai, hisnesi, Hashem made an agreement, a deal with my sub I'm creating the world now, but the world will only stay in existence if, at some point in the future... The Jewish people accept the Torah, and if not, then the world will revert to Torah vavohu. So this Gemara supports these Mefarshim who say that our mission is talking about that original event of Kabbalah haTorah. However, other Mefarshim, for example, the Yom Tov, points out, no, they say this is talking about about the original event of my, of Kabbalah haTorah, but rather the ongoing mitzvah of Limud haTorah. As the Gemara Nidarim says, If we don't have a continuation of the study of Torah, the world cannot exist. And again, these are not just two interpretations of the phrase Torah, but they relate to the broader machlokas and how to understand the Mishnah. Was it talking about what justified the creation of the world or what? continues maintaining and sustaining the world. This second approach of the tosas Yontif is, of course, very well known uh, in a somewhat more modern context, in the modern uh, yeshiva era, because the Nefesh made this idea very famous in shardalid of Nefesh when he speaks there in numerous places. I think most famously is in Perik Yidalef of shardalid where the Nefesh basically takes this very, very literally and he says that if there would be one second in, in the world in which there was no one learning Torah, then the entire world would revert to Tov of Oh would explode, God forbid, the whole world would get blown up. So Nebuchadnezzar takes this very literally, and again, that means that he understands our Mishnah as talking about not only why Hashem created the world, but the justification for the ongoing existence of the world. We need a continuation of Torah. What about Avodah? Avodah is perhaps the most complicated one, because if we assume that it's talking about the carbonos, so then that really begs the question... If we don't have carbonos, so how is the world still being omade? So one obvious answer to that, and this is the, where you're not surprised at this point, where Tanura and others are less uh, perplexed by this, they're less bothered by this, for the simple reason that in their position, the world, is, the Mishnah is not saying that the world needs an ongoing avoda in order to be sustained. but Rather, the Mishnah is asking what did the Hashem need in the world in order to justify creating it in the beginning and the Bar and others say even though it was only a small sliver of human experience in human history, Jewish history in which there was a Beis I don't know exactly the amount of years that we had Carbonos, certainly not in the context of the Beis HaMikdash someone could do the math someone probably on this sure you may even know offhand I don't know offhand but it's obviously a small sliver of Jewish history let alone human experience says the Bar that alone was enough to justify Hashem creating the world ah we don't have it anymore No, nope. so we don't have it anymore hopefully one day we'll get it back but that's, uh, that's okay. On the other hand, the Tosos Yantif, the Shittoso, as we've seen the whole Mishnah, he thinks that the Mishnah is talking about now why God created the world initially, but rather what justifies the ongoing existence and the continued existence of the world. In that case, asks ask the Tosos Yantif, how can we live in a world without carbonos? If the Mishnah is telling us you need carbonos in order to justify the existence of the world, how do we keep on living? So the Tosos Yantif himself gives two answers. One answer, which makes perfect sense, the Shittoso, is based on the idea in the Gemara Megillah, This is the idea the Possum, which we know a lot of posts can, uh, very much emphasize. Many of us probably need to improve in that area, myself included. Helps to come on time to shul, something that we all, especially me, need to work on. If you don't come on time or early to shul, it's hard to say the carbonos. But if you focus on the carbonos, the Gemara says, by saying the seder avoda, by saying the carbonos every morning and the evening, it's as if we gave the carbonos. So Tosus Yontem says, we need to do that, because without doing that, you don't have the avoda, and you don't have the avoda, you don't have the continued existence of the world. Other Mepharshim explain, and even the Tosys Yontif gives a second answer, which actually makes more sense, not according to his approach, but according to the other approach. And that is that it's a lo- as, as long as there was some time in history where there was Karbanos, that, that would have been sufficient. In a way that makes it more meaningful for us, I think, is actually the approach of Rabbeinu Yonah. Rabbeinu Yonah actually says that even though avoda in the time of the Mishnah originally referred to Karbanos, but based on the famous Sifrei and the Suggi in the beginning of the Seftotinus, what does that mean, worship of the heart? That's Tfilah. Davening is referred to as an avoda. Avoda is the Lashon and Ar It's the second thing the world is founding on. Even though Originally, it referred to Karbanos, but davening is referred to as a form of voda because it keeps the world going even though we don't have the Karbanos. And last but not least, we have the third thing that the world stands on, that is Gemilas Chassadin. You know, Avadja uh, 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 Bartonua quotes the famous Pasek in Tehillim, Olam Chesed Yibaneh, which she understands means, again, that the world was created for the possibility of Chesed. Moreover, one of the other Mepharshim point out that the Pasek in Yechezkel says that despite all the horrible sins that Sodom was guilty of, but why were they destroyed? The Yad'oni, the Evi'on, Zika, because they didn't take care of the poor and the needy in their, in their generation, in their time. So even though the, we know that Sodom did many, many terrible things, but the Olam is omate, in order for them not only to justify the initial creation of the world, but the continued existence of the world, there needs to be a basic level of chesed and care for other people. And I think, to wrap this up, it's worth noting that the Rambam and others point out that the term that's used here is not gemilus chesed, but rather gemilus chasadim, in plural. Why is the plural Lashon uh, used? I have to say, I don't think I ever thought of this question. I can't, no, I can't even think of how many hundreds, if not thousands of times in my life I've heard the phrase gemilas chasadim and I don't think I ever thought, why is the dafka used here, at least in the Mishnah, in plural. But the Rambam and others say the reason is because there's more than one type of chesed. There's chesed and chesed sheba mamon. There's, You can sometimes give money to help people, but a lot of times the people don't need money, and even if they do need money, we don't always have the money to give them. But there's still always a kind word or other acts of chesed that we can do for people, and those are both critical, and they're both included in this Mishnah. So as our time is uh, winding down, I just want to conclude, by again, just very briefly summarizing that we saw this foundational Mishnah, it came at a time when Shimon al was dealing with a transition and a new world order taking over the lack of the Antiknesis Agdola, and we are also in a little bit of a transition period, hopefully temporary. It's worth it focusing on the foundations. And we saw there's the Machlokas, whether this mission is only referring to the purpose of the creation or what is needed to in the, the position, which I think most people understand, is not just why Hashem created the world, but what continues to sustain the world in an ongoing way. And I think it's important, as we are all being stressed in many different ways in this continuing challenging time, to strengthen all three of these things. This shir and shirim like it are helping us learn Torah despite the challenges. And of course, almost none of us can daven with a minion anymore at the moment. Hopefully that will change soon. But in order to focus on our davening, if our avoda now is davening b'yechidus, we should work on our davening. And of course chesed. We're all challenged financially at the moment, but to the extent that we can still help, we should. And even if we can't help financially, there are so many ways that we can help people who are lonely and by themselves now and caring for other people and chesed that can be done virtually as well. I encourage all of us to be inspired by this Mishnah, to reflect on it, and hopefully focus on ways that we can reconnect and recommit to these three foundational principles. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow for tomorrow's year.